Welcome to the Mobilized Podcast. We equip Christ followers to boldly and courageously live mobilized in their faith, purpose, and life. Let's join James and Nicole. Well, welcome to another episode of the Mobilized Podcast. I'm James, and I'm here with Nicole. Hello, hello. We are excited for another installment, and we're this one's going to be a little time-sensitive. Typically, we kind of talk about topics that are relevant and evergreen, but this is a fresh year, our first episode of the new year, and we are in the middle of a political year. I don't know if you know this, but we're voting for a new president of the United States this year. Did you know that? Yay! Yay! <laughs> Yeah, that's always an exciting time. Unless you are a campaign worker or you work for a political establishment, they're probably excited. Right. The rest of us, we dread this. Yes, it's a dumpster fire. It's a dumpster fire. I'd rather probably have a root canal and a colonoscopy at Mm, the same time. Good one, good one. Yeah, but we're here nevertheless. So what we thought we would talk about is... What does that mean for the the Christian, for the Christ follower? Because at Mobilized, right. we exist to what? To we exist to equip Christ followers to live mobilized in faith, purpose, and life. So that encompasses what we do in the area of politics. Is there right. room for politics and faith? Should there be a separation of church and state, or a separation of church from state? How do you view this? Should church leaders and other Christians be talking politics in church? Mm. Should they leave that alone? Is it relegated just to Thanksgiving meals? And uh, (laughs) when you're on X and Twitter and Instagram, what does this mean for you? And what are your views? So we thought we would just have a little dialogue and see what God has to say about it, see how we feel about it, and just kind of maybe see if we can give you some tools. Right, because we know the Bible is the ultimate authority over everything, right? In fact, it's the Bible that tells us what government should be, mm. why government is in place, why God has allowed it to be established, and even tells us what we're supposed to do with government. Yes. And I, I believe we find that in Romans, right? Romans 13. 13, 4. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does say, the authorities are God's servants, sent for your good. So I, I love even just that first part, because right. we, we like to believe that you know there, it was their hard work or it was the will of the people. Right. But The Bible says in so many places that God raises up leaders, he builds up kings, he places them, and he lowers them. So the authorities are God's servants sent for your good. But if you're doing wrong, of course you should be afraid, for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So if you're doing wrong, yeah, you should be shaking in your boots. Exactly. So we know that God set up government. Yes. But government is there... Why? Why? For justice, mm-hmm. uh, to for consequence, mm. to keep people in line. Does God care about that? I believe He does. Yeah, because you know He gave mm. us His word, right? He gave us a lot of guardrails yeah. <laughs> in the Bible. But it turns out either we don't read it or we don't like it, and so we still do what I want. We want. So notice, I said I want an accident. Yeah. That was a Freudian <laughs> slip right there. Uh, what we want to. So God says, okay. So I, I need a secondary. <laughs> <laughs> I need I need some helps on earth. Uh-huh. <laughs> so he allowed government to rise up to keep the peace, yeah. to keep things going, to keep us from killing each other, fighting each other, stealing from each other, to keep things in line so we can work as a society, yeah. as a people together. 
And, and we like those guardrails, right? They don't just yeah. keep other people safe. They keep us safe as well. And we like it when everybody does what they're supposed to yeah. and follow the law because then there's fairness amongst us all. And then when there's not, when there's a punishment, not only is that a deterrent, but it says that there is a consequence for everything. So that's what the government is set up for. Yeah. That is what God is asking us, telling us to respect. Mm-hmm. So what happens when it doesn't happen that way? Well, when it becomes a dumpster fire, like we just talked about, when the world decides that it can now make sin uh, okay, that the laws change that protect sin Mm -hmm. over what's doing right. And I think that's why we have such a problem today Mm -hmm. when it comes to politics, because it doesn't make sense anymore. Because what God put in place is no longer in place. And so you have churches and and different evangelists and speakers and teachers and preachers and everybody trying to walk the line between what what we should believe with politics and what we shouldn't. Mm We do know that the foundation that was placed, or it's law and order, right? Yep. There's consequence if you if you don't obey it, and if you do, then you get to leave, live in peace and harmony. That has been shaken. But I thought God was all about love. Oh, yes, he is. So that's just your truth, Nicole. <laughs> My truth is, I can do what feels right for me. <laughs> Isn't that... The world we live in? Uh, that's the world we live in. That's yeah. just not correct. So to your point, you trace it back through history and you ask the question, what happens when a society doesn't follow the laws and the rules? Right. They cease to exist. It ceases to exist. I think that's the simple answer. Yes. We've seen uh, Babylon, Mesopotamia, Egypt, yes. uh, Rome, Greece, yes. the U- UK. I mean, look yeah. at the, the British Empire mm-hmm. and the United States. I think we're... On that trajectory, we were founded on Christianity. We held true to it for a few hundred years, but we have rapidly descended into a country that rejects all things morality, all things that God did establish. So as Christians, where does that leave us? What are we supposed to do next when our society is trying to tell us that wrong is right and right is wrong? Right. Whose law do we listen to? Because, you know, I've always said you can't legislate morality, but there is a point where the laws do set up guardrails for people that don't necessarily, I guess, have the instinctive desire to follow God and his laws. Right. Um, But then what do you do when the laws contradict what God said and what God put into place? Right. This is an incredible time that we live in, an incredible time that we live in. But it started when the United States of America started. God gave us the gift of freedom. Remember, it just says that God instituted government. Mm -hmm. He says this is a good thing. And you come to the United States of America, it is put in place. Yes, was there a ton done wrong? Absolutely. There always is where humans are involved. Did we make mistakes? Absolutely. Um, but, But because God is good and we do live in a country that values freedom, freedom for the for the purpose of serving God, mm-hmm. of loving God. So mm. let's clarify that real quick too. Mm. The purpose matters. So freedom for the purpose of loving God, of serving God, and the freedom of religion, which um, 
I'm not a big fan of that word when it comes to Christianity. <laughs> if you've ever read one of my books or <laughs> podcast, or I don't, I don't even know where I put it, but I'm not a big fan of the word religion when it comes to Christianity because we are not in a religion. We're in a relationship, and we're founded on Christianity. But when it comes to our freedom, um, it was freedom to love God, freedom to serve God, freedom to share Him. Mm-hmm. That's what it came to. Now, this is all over a couple hundred years, has fallen apart, right? Mm -hmm. Politics is important to Christianity and Christianity to politics. You cannot, under any circumstance, separate the two. When you do separate the two, you remove God and all the influence we have from politics. You remove Christianity from politics. We have a responsibility to vote, We have a responsibility to use our voice. We have a responsibility to use our faith to influence politics. Yeah. Period. Mm -hmm. Period. If we don't, then we've removed God from the process. Yes. I always said our kids went to public school. They didn't go to Christian school. Uh, Two years. I think they went to Christian school for two years. But they went to public school. And I, I hear all the time, like, would hear... I can't believe you guys have your kids in, in a public school. I say, you remove our kids from public school. You remove God from public school. Mm-hmm. Like, they can take all the literature out of public schools, all anything that says Jesus, anything that leads to salvation, anything that leads to relationship with Jesus. But if you don't remove the kids that have Jesus in them, then you still have Jesus in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And that's the way politics is. Yeah. The moment we decide that we want to step out of politics, we don't want to talk about it, we don't want to deal with it because it's messy and it's icky and it's ugly, and and, and that's what the enemy wants. The enemy wants us to be afraid of that. Mm -hmm. Um, The moment we remove it, we remove Jesus from it, and that's not what the Bible's talking about. Right. When it says to obey everything that they put in place, because they have reneged on their responsibility. Yeah. They have stepped away from what God ordained. And so we no longer have to look at that as the ultimate authority because we know God is the ultimate authority above them. And so we know that if if the world starts to turn towards sin, then we have to introduce God into that Mm -hmm. to turn the tide back to God. That is our responsibility. Now, our job introduce, right? Mm -hmm. We don't, no pitchforks, Mm -hmm. right? No. Introduce, not enforce. Correct, correct. We are not enforcers. Yeah. We are not enforcers. Uh, so when I when we say politics, because of the way it looks now, the way the world pushes it, it pushes it us to maybe feel like you have to use some sort of force or violence, or you know, because that's the way the yes. world reacts now, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Burn things down, or spray paint things, or tear things down, or just destructive. Destruction is from the enemy. Yes. Period. No matter where you see it, no matter what side, no matter where you land, if you see destruction, that is 100% from the enemy. That is not from God. He's never asked us to burn it down. He did Jesus, right? Jesus went through a whole lot with the Romans, Mm -hmm. a whole political structure there, and not once did he burn it down to the ground. Right. Paul. Paul went through the political system as both a, a citizen of Rome um, and the Jewish state. Well, I guess it wouldn't be a state. Jewish people. Yeah, Jewish people. Yeah. Um, 
the Which lineage and religion. Yeah. yeah right, right. <laughs> and never once he, he was neither for the Romans or for the Jewish establishment there. He was all for Jesus, but never once did he tear down what was put in place. But what he did do was introduce Jesus into all of it mm-hmm. all the time. He was persecuted for it, but he did what he was supposed to do. Yeah. And he introduced Jesus into it. Yeah. And I think you asked a question. Don't remember it anymore, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure you did. <laughs> If I did, that was a fantastic answer to it. I am certain of it. But what do we do when we don't follow um, God's prescription and laws contradict it, was the original question. Mm. Um, And and you answered it, that God's law supersedes. Always. God puts laws in place. He asks us to to maintain it. Because again, look look at the root of what Jesus was asking us to do and to be. He wanted us to be loving. He wanted to demonstrate the fruits of the Spirit living through us. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, long-suffering, patience. That doesn't sound like someone, you know, riding in the streets or, uh, you know, tearing things down. It sounds like someone who lovingly guides people to truth. And that's what we get to do with our vote. That's what we get to do with our lives, with our dollars. And I think really where we land is we don't want you to waste any opportunities, if God's given you the opportunity to leverage influence, leverage a vote through the political system, take advantage of it. Yeah. Um, don't conflate the two. Uh, p- politics doesn't replace gospel. Yes. A political figure or mm-hmm. a politician doesn't replace a Messiah. Correct. But they are used by God and raised up by God to affect change that is ultimately for our good and His glory according to His plan. He says He works all things out for the good, for those who are called according to His purpose and who love Him. If we love Him as Christ followers, if we vote our conscience, not what's in it for us, not who's going to give us the best tax relief or who's going to pay off our student debt, but who is going to legislate the morality for those who are hell-bent on pushing the boundaries and slamming the enemy's agenda down our throats. Yes. And that's the hard line. And so the government was created to protect our freedom to practice our faith. It's not a separation from, and, and that's where people get it wrong, mm-hmm. the, the goal is that we have protection, but faith has to be and always has been in politics. You right. go anywhere in our capital in D.C. or in any state capital throughout the country of the United States, you're going to see Ten Commandments, you're going to see Bible verses, you're Mm -hmm. going to see things that are rooted in the Judeo-Christian belief of God's laws and guidance, because that's what it was founded on. And there is a movement to erase that history, and that's what we have to fight against. Anytime anyone wants to rewrite history, that's a lie, right? Our enemy is the father of lies, yes. and he's wanting people to be deceived, and the best way to deceive them is to take away facts, to take away truth, and to redefine it. So we get to stand firm and be bold, confident, and courageous in the face of that. Yeah. So question, is there a perfect politician? Absolutely not. Correct. Yay. Ding, 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 ding. You thought I was going to say yes, and I was going to tell you who to vote for. Yes. No, because there is no perfect politician. I think as Christians, that's what we have a problem with. Yes. We want Jesus. Yeah. 
We want someone who's perfect, who doesn't have a past, who doesn't say stupid things, who doesn't do stupid things, who looks the part, acts the part, says it, has the whole heart change behind it, all the things. We want perfection. But here's the thing. Each person wants that. And their idea of perfection, their idea of grace, their idea of everything is completely different, right? And so you have this divided world, but divided country uh, here in the United States on who is perfect Mm -hmm. for the position. There is no such thing, which is why we, which is why we have to pray, ask God to lead us and then examine our hearts. Why do we want this person? Is it self-serving? Is it for me? Is it for this one thing that I want or is it kingdom minded? Yeah. I think if we take away everything that's not self-serving and say, God, I, I, I want the person you want that will, like you said, fight for those who want to keep mm-hmm. serving God and reaching the world. Mm-hmm. Because the United States is the number one country that sends out missionaries, that um, financially supports missionaries in other mm-hmm. countries, and and spreads the gospel of Jesus around the world. Mm -hmm. We're number one. So it makes sense that the enemy wants us out of it. If that becomes the prayer and that becomes the focus, I think when it comes time to vote, when it comes time to vote either locally or for our country, things change. Mm -hmm. If we're always focused on what's in it for me, what's in it for me, then, yeah, we're going to be all over the place because there's a million things that we all want. And we want our government to provide that, which, by the way, is not the government's job. Correct. Not the government's job. In fact, if you look just reading the Bible, what they're peacekeepers. That's what they're supposed to be. Yeah. Not what it is today. But I digress. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I digress. (laughs) Pray. Ask God. How how many I have you know what? Out of everything I've ever heard, and we we listen to a lot because we want to know what's out there. What are people listening to? What's the world listening to? What's the message out there? Um, So we can speak truth to it Mm -hmm. from God's word, obviously. You never hear anybody say, pray about it. Mm. Ask God. Ask God to reveal your motives. Ask God to show you. You never hear that anymore. God is in the details of everything. And in the moment we take God out of that decision-making and we think, oh, well, this is our decision, is the moment we start taking Christ out of politics. It's like the first step. It's the first step. I can trust him with my eternity, but I don't know if I can trust him with my vote. Right. (laughs) That's got to be just me, you know? Right. So so the next question is, should everyone vote? Yes. Absolutely. And why? Because that is how we leverage a gift God's given you. The yes. same way God's given you a voice and he said to tell others about him. Yes. He's given you freedom. If you were born in another country that doesn't have democracy and you have a different system, then he has given you the ability to function within that system. Right. If he has allowed you to live in a country as a, a citizen that has a democracy and voting is a right and a privilege... It is, it's really a, a lack of gratitude. It's like a yes, slap in the face. Absolutely. Um, hey, thanks for this gift that people bled and died for, but eh, not so much. I don't really care about it. 
Um, and I love your point that there's no perfect politician because right. that, that's one that I wanted to highlight that I hear all the time. Well, mm-hmm. I can't vote for this person or that person because they just get on my nerves or they trigger me or as a person, I can't stand them. That's great. We're not voting for Messiah 2.0. Correct. We are all sinful people. Uh, there's no pastor that would qualify. Yes. I mean, they're all sinful, fallen people. Yes. And I mean, gosh, if you got to know half of them, like on a deeper <laughs> level, you'd think, well, they, they really shouldn't even be doing this job <laughs> because we we don't have the ability to meet the standard. The, right. the Bible is very clear. We've all fallen short of God's perfect standard. Right. That's why we need a savior. So when we get caught up on the accomplishments of the person as the qualification for their morality, mm-hmm. we've lost it. Our good works are filthy rags. We have to have a complete dependence on God. So look at policy. Does policy that they're advancing line up with kingdom advancement, line up with Christianity? Right. What was our mandate? Our marching orders before Jesus ascended to heaven said, go into all the world, preaching and making disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So our job is to go out and tell people about Jesus, the good news of Jesus. There is uh, an effort, a significant effort to silence that right, to silence us in acting that mandate. Jesus told us to do something. There's a large constituency of the government trying to stop us from doing what Jesus mandated we do. There is another part of the government that is pro that initiative. Mm -hmm. They assist it. They legislate opportunity and they open doors for us to continue to proclaim the gospel and make disciples. So that's a very easy one. Look at the policies, regardless of the person, do, do their policies align with what Jesus told me to do as one of his followers. That's that's the bottom line. The rest is gravy if they're going to cut your taxes, if they're going to give you better schools, if they're mm-hmm. going to improve the roads and make air travel safe. That's <laughs> great. Yes. But that's not the main thing. Mm-hmm. The main thing's not the person. The main thing's not what's in it for me. The main thing is what's in it for God's kingdom and the advancement of the last thing he told us to do before he went back to heaven. He said, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. I want you to prepare this place for me, and we'll meet up when I say the time is right. Right. So how does that intersect with how you vote? That's that's the question, and that's the way I like to look at it, and that's the way I encourage people to look at it, because most don't. They right. look at, what did mom and dad do? Mm-hmm. Mom and dad, they, they were registered Democrat. They were registered Republican, or I've always been, or my pastor is, or my spouse was. Right. But the way you look at it is you don't want to... Um, if you're in a healthy relationship, you don't want to try and change your spouse. You love your spouse. You try and change yourself to be better. Look at our country in the same way. God allowed this country to be birthed out of a um, deep desire to worship God. Yeah. The founders worshiped God. They built a constitution that gave us rights, the protections to worship God freely to advance the cause of making more disciples. There's a big push by the enemy, I'm just going to call it out, even yeah. if you're one of those people or you have a friend that's pushing this agenda, they're used by the enemy, yeah. Satan. <laughs> because the bottom line is try, trying to change the country from that initiative to be a godly, Christ-centered country mm-hmm. is like trying to change your spouse. If you really love them, you're not doing that. You make yourself the person you need to be for your spouse. Let God do the changing. They're trying to change this country from its founding and mm-hmm. departure from the Constitution that has us rooted in the Bible, mm-hmm. in biblical principles. So 
look at that. Look at the candidates that want to depart from our Christian origin, those that want to recenter and group around it, those who have policies that are going to help you live out the mandate Christ has given you. Yes. That's my two cents. Absolutely. It was four cents because I went on long. <laughs> it's all right. I had 10 cents earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Yours was worth $20. <laughs> you're, you're, you know what? You get a good dinner tonight. I'm winning. Yes, you are winning. Yes. Okay. Nicole so, has my vote. Nicole for president. <laughs> okay. One more thing. Hmm. One more thing. Family, politics, friends, politics. We draw lines in the sand for politics. Yeah. And we'll cut off friends. We'll cut off families. We'll do all that stuff, all that damaging stuff over politics. And that's new, by the way. That is new. That is brand new. Yes. That didn't happen in the Reagan days. Yeah. It didn't happen in the Clinton days. didn't happen in the Bush days. I'm going to tell you when it started happening. And I'll get real racy here. <laughs> it happened with President Obama's election. Yeah. Lines were drawn in the sand, and it's continued to escalate since then, where people couldn't accept any thought that dissented or was different than their own. And they started identity politics. Not just politics, but identity politics. Yes. If you identify with a philosophy or ideology, that is who you are, and I'm grouping you in this camp, and I reject the entire camp. And that's probably anti-gospel, and it's probably not mm-hmm. the way Jesus would view it. Uh-huh. Don't give anyone the power... Yeah. to lump anyone in with all groups, even Christians. They're not all the same. Denominations, they're not all the same. Some all have the unifying factor of believing in Jesus as the sole way to the Father. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, others sprinkle in some weirdness, and that's <laughs> why I don't go to those churches. But they still are under the banner of Christianity. Right. But again, they don't agree. That's why you have so many denominations. Mm-hmm. You, you can't say this one person speaks for a whole ethnicity or a race. This person speaks for a whole political party or class. This person speaks for a whole religion or denomination. Everyone should be viewed based on their character, their personal beliefs, and respected as such because Jesus died for each one. Right. Each, each one. one. Yes. Exactly. The whole world, but he died for for the one. And I think if there was only one human on planet Earth, Jesus still would have died just for them. Absolutely. He didn't see the masses or this floating rock in space. He right. saw the ones. Exactly. So you mean we're not supposed to cut off people and hate them and buy into the whole segregation of people by beliefs, colors, agendas, <laughs> genders? I'm going to say errors. no. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so that so when when God set up government, um, it wasn't supposed to divide us? It wasn't. Oh, okay. okay and there are okay, two different um, sides of that coin, too. Yeah. The way you deal with Christians that you right. disagree with politically right. and the way you deal with non-believers that you disagree with politically. Because the Bible puts them in two different camps. And mm-hmm. a lot of people don't like to talk about that. Right. But Jesus spoke to our unity with other followers. Yes. Our love for other believers yes. would mark us as his followers. Exactly. Not our love for the unfollowing lost world. Right. And people conflate that too. And 
non-believers throw that in Christian's face. Right. I thought you were supposed to be loving. We're all God's children. Eh, not we're true. We're not all God's children. Only no. his children are his children. Correct. If you've been adopted into the family by surrendering right. to Jesus Christ, makes right. you a child. We're all his creation, and I don't have to love people that are not in my family. I could like them, and I could want them to go to heaven, but I don't have to show them the same love and consideration. All of the first century Christian guidelines were for Christian-to-Christian relations. So if it's a Christian you disagree with, you, you shouldn't cut them off. Yep. You've got to love, respect them, and have unity, the Absolutely. unity that we're supposed to protect that right. the Holy Spirit has already created. Right. So if you have two Christians fighting over stuff, cutting each other off, maybe one is not a Christian. That's mm. one scenario. The other is they're just wildly immature in their faith. You can be a Christian and have your, you know, one-way ticket to heaven, Mm -hmm. but not be a follower and lover of Jesus. He says, if you love me, you're going to keep my commands. Maintain, preserve unity, bear one another's burdens, love each other, hold each other up, keep short sin accounts, etc. The list is lengthy, Mm -hmm. and I won't go into the whole thing right now, but that's our responsibility. So you should fight for unity, find common ground, and show respect when discussing things that that's good. can divide us. That's good. Fight for unity. Yeah. Fight for unity. Don't fight to fight. Yeah. And don't fight to win. Don't fight to win. Fight for unity. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, what supersedes it all? We just talked about it. God does. Yeah. He supersedes it all. Uh, a system was never supposed to bring division. When it does, like we just said earlier, it's not from God. It's from the enemy. Yes. And so you have to identify, know your God, know your enemy, identify the enemy, identify the thing that's bringing division. And if it brings division, you don't have to talk about it. Right. You don't. You that's don't true. have to comment about it. You don't have to talk about it. You don't have to post about it. You don't have to see who your people are <laughs> because at the end of the day, we're all God's people. Yes. You don't have to find your people in the church. Yeah. You don't have to find the ones that agree with you. It's okay if we disagree on the things of this world, like, you know, mm-hmm. this politics stuff. If at the end of the day, you all believe that Jesus came, yeah. died on the cross for your sin, born of a virgin, died on the cross for your sin, rose again, is coming back for us, and that there's only one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus. Only one way to the Father, and that's through Jesus. Yeah. That's what's most important. Yes. The rest of it... Fight for unity. Mm-hmm. Fight for unity. Is everybody right? No, yeah. not everybody's right on everything. And God knows that. And there's so much grace in all of that. And I have to, you have to remember that people are in process too. Mm-hmm. People are in process. And God is constantly teaching. The Holy Spirit is constantly working on us. Even those who are right are still in process. Mm-hmm. You're just right in that one area. In that moment. In that moment. <laughs> and sometimes it's accidental. Yes. <laughs> Trip into be right. I fell into correctiveness (laughs) right now, (laughs) but I'm going to trip right back into stupidity. I promise. So have some grace for that. When it comes to the world, guardrails. Yes, absolutely. The Bible is very clear about if you're going in to reach them, you got to be careful. Mm-hmm. You, you got to be strong in the word and in relationship with God because evil lures quickly. Yeah, be quickly. on guard. Mm-hmm. Be on guard. And the enemy is a master of twisting God's word, of twisting the things of God. He knows the Bible. We, In fact, mm-hmm. we just, uh, Sunday in church, the, the pastor was just talking about um, how, how Satan used when he was tempting Jesus in the wilderness those mm-hmm. 40 days. He used scripture on Jesus. Mm-hmm. He knows the Bible. He's yeah. been there for it all. And he will twist scripture 
And that's what he's taught his followers. Now, let's just be clear. That's the way it is. If you reject God, then you are a follower of the enemy, period. There's no other way around it. And if you're not listening to God, you're listening to the enemy. And yes, God God is fighting for them, Mm -hmm. for sure. He's putting truth in their path. He's putting us in their path. The Holy Spirit is always working in this world in us. And for those who don't believe, he is after them. God is after them relentlessly, yes, but if they are rejecting God, they they are listening and open to the enemy. They don't have the filter in their heart of God's word right. or the Holy Spirit active in their life. So what they tell you, you can't just take as truth, at face value. You have to examine all of it through the word of God. Yeah. And so if you're just a trusted friend or family member and they're not a believer of God and you are talking politics and you're talking all these things, you cannot just take it in Mm -hmm. and accept it based on an argument. You've got to examine it with the word of God and then stand strong in it. And your goal should be to introduce them to Jesus. Absolutely. Not to introduce them to your candidate of choice. Correct. You can have the discussion, but your primary objective is to show them Jesus the Holy Spirit in their life is going to change their views right. and inevitably change their vote right? because he does. Working through you, you cannot vote for anti-Christian, enemy-building, life-destroying policies. Right. You just can't. If mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit's living in you, you can't vote for godlessness. Right. It just won't. And so the Holy Spirit will make that change, not your compelling debate, not your uh, wordsmithing, and not your clever... Um, you know, conversation around coffee or the Thanksgiving table, as so many families do. Mm-hmm. It's got to be about Jesus and let right. him do the changing. Let him lead them to truth because he cares more about who our president is than we do. Yes. He cares more about the leaders that he's envisioned that are going to lead to the purpose that inevitably will be for our good. Trust him with your future. Right. And if they're, um, you know, we hear all the time, there isn't a good candidate. There just isn't a good candidate. Like Can we I said, write in Jesus. You were, yeah, put it in. On the, <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome, actually. Um, first of all, you pray. You mm-hmm. ask God, but you do exercise your freedom and to vote. Yep. You do it every time because you are not responsible for their actions. Yep. You're only responsible for yours yes. to steward your freedom. What they do with that vote, what they do on the other side of it, you know, the whole thing of votes aren't counted and it's all fake and it's all rigged and it's all this and it's all that. So I'm not going to vote at all. Unacceptable because we are responsible for our actions, not their reactions. Yes. We're not responsible for what they do, but we are responsible for what we do. Mm-hmm. And that is not just telling One, it's telling the world what we believe, but also it's saying, hey, God, I I trust you with this and I appreciate this freedom and I'm going to act on it. I'm going to steward it because it is a gift. And we do know if you've ever read to the end of the Bible, hmm, (laughs) we know one day that freedom will be taken from us. It is not a given. This will not always exist. We can't give it away. We have to exercise our freedom. We have to steward it. We have to be grateful for it. And we have to be prayerful about it because that's mobilized in faith yeah. to assemble and be ready for action. We're not supposed to just sit and sour, right? We're not supposed to just sit mm-hmm. with this stuff. We're supposed to be mobilized. We're supposed to be assembled and ready for action. Ready for action. We're supposed to be in the action. Yeah. In the action. I hope you are blessed by this. I hope you're encouraged by it. It's not meant to be a lecture. 
It's not meant to uh, make you feel bad about, just like the news does, right, about our world (laughs) and everything else. It's to encourage you to take a biblical look at the world around you. Yeah. To be ready, to be ready, to be equipped to take action with your faith, not just with in your mind or, or, or arguing with other people or but never take action in on it? No, that's that's not who we are in Christ. We've right. been given this freedom to take action with it. And if if the church assembles, assembles and takes action with our first foot being faith, hmm. we could change the world around us for Jesus. That would be incredible. And, and not just for our own comfort. Yes. That's the other thing. And not just for our comfort, right. but for Jesus. Yes. For Jesus, man, we can change the world around us. And that excites me. That's that what I'm excited me. to see this year. Yeah. Yeah, to see the church rise up. Yeah. To see the church rise up. Not fight. Right. Just use what we've already been given. Yes. The freedom to vote. We get to take ground without military might. That's right. Jesus came and they believed he was going to be a conqueror to yeah. liberate them from their oppressors. Yep. And even amongst his ranks, the disciples, some of them had political views of they were zealots and insurrectionists and mm-hmm. others were passive and others were um, compliant. I mean, they were collaborators with the oppressors. He had a diverse political motley crew, even within his 12. Yeah. And he still kept the focus on the gospel, mm-hmm. on Jesus. Everything else was secondary. Mm-hmm. If we stick to that prescription, God's kingdom wins. We win. Our country wins. That's right. Yeah. So keep it going. Just as you are informed as to what church to go to, who to listen to, how to study the Bible, be informed as to what policies politicians stand for, make sure you hold it up to Scripture, vote your conscience, and be glad that we live in a time where God has given us freedom to worship Him openly and to share it with everyone that crosses our paths. That's right. Thanks for tuning into this episode. We will catch you next time on the Mobilized Podcast. We hope you were encouraged and challenged by today's podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Mobilized YouTube page and follow us on social media at mobilized.life on Instagram and at livemobilized on Facebook. For more information and ways to connect, visit our website at mobilized.life.